All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with episode three of Scar with Dustin Rivenbart. I'm so excited that we are here on episode three. Now, let me tell you the intent of the podcast. Basically, the the why are we here, so to speak? We are here to work out our trials, our hardships in such a way that we can see God's glory um, and begin to unfold his plan for our lives. Uh, what does this have to do with you? You may be asking yourselves kind of a kind of a what does this have to do with me? We all have issues, plain and simple. We all have stuff, right? Yeah, whether big or small, it's there. It could be work-related. It could be family-related. It could be sickness. It could be friendships on the rocks. Uh, You want to know how to mend a broken friendship. You want to know how to step away from a broken friendship. All of those different things. And, And why is this all happening right now at this time in my life? And that stuff can accumulate and it can cloud our minds and even change the trajectory of our lives. And in this podcast, I kind of want to share my story. I did that in episode one. If you have not listened to the first couple of episodes, please go back and do that because you kind of get a glimpse into how this all came about. I got this idea from the study of uh, uh, the book of Joshua and how he was a warrior, but he obtained scars from his past and, and all of that. And basically, I wanted people to know that what you're going through matters. What you're dealing with matters. The stuff, the hurt, the pain, the junk that's going on around you, there is a plan and a purpose that God has instilled you to move you past that. And today, we want to kind of deal with the loss of a child. Now, this can be different for different people, different circumstances and all of that. But for me, we lost, my wife and I, we lost our baby, Callie Grace. And and I'm here with my beautiful wife now. And I'm so excited about getting her story out there. You you guys have heard my story, whether it had been through preaching or going and speaking somewhere or posts I've made or whatever. The majority of you have heard my story. But not many have heard from her, the one who carried Callie Grace. Amy, would you please tell them hello? Hey, y'all. I'm so happy to be here and be a part of this and just be able to share my story and and what God's done um, in my life. Hey, guys, at this time, you better be telling my wife hello. Y'all say hello out loud. Here we go. <laughs> All right. All right. So we want to welcome you, Amy, and I'm so excited about this podcast and and what it means and what it can mean for so many different people because the story of our loss can be related to so many different things like the loss of a job at at a key position in your life where you needed that job, Uh, a professional athlete who's lost their leg all of a sudden in some freak accident. It could be so many different trials that we face that we can learn from each other's story, each other's hardships. But right now, I want to take you to a happy time. Uh, I want you to, I want you to kind of take us to first hearing about becoming pregnant with Callie Grace. So it was a very exciting time. We had tried for several years, um, and so we were really looking forward to this. And there was also some worry, some you know, uh, fears because we had waited for so long for this to happen. But it was just, I mean, I was excited. 
So upon that 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 excitement, those fears were basically kind of a um because we had tried for so long, we really didn't know if this was real or not. Would right. You... It, it felt like a dream to some degree. We kept saying, you know, wait, what? Like, just little by little, we were just kind of like, is this really happening? Um, because sometimes you, you go through something and you get your hopes up. And, and that's what I didn't want. I didn't want to get my hopes up again. Yeah. And almost, you know, looking back... I didn't feel right from the get-go on that pregnancy. I can't put my finger on it. I'm not saying it was a mother or a father's intuition or whatever that may be, but there was there was something there looming over that whole thing that I did not feel right from the get-go. Yeah, I think I felt that too. I don't know what it was. Uh, like it could have just been a protective thing that we had tried for so long and we didn't want something to go wrong. So over the next couple of weeks, we kind of worked up and, and got our own vision and trajectory for our lives, who this baby was going to be, um, all of these different fascinating ideas that a parent gets for their child. Now take us to that day in the ultrasound when we first realized and diagnosed Callie Grace and what that, what that looked like. Okay, so first I want to back up just a little bit to uh, us going in the waiting room. And, you know, we're excited. We're, we had planned a, my sister-in-law had planned a gender reveal party for that evening. And so we're in the waiting room and there's, there's a lady that's sitting there hollering across the waiting room talking to me and, and talking to our oldest daughter, Brianna. And so it was kind of awkward. So I moved closer to her so we're not yelling across the room and, you know, sitting there um, talking to her, she starts telling me about her life and all of these things, uh, hard things that she's went through and she's crying. And I'm like, you know, obviously she needs to get some stuff off of her chest. So I'm just listening and and um, she just kept talking to, about how God is so faithful. And, you know, I get a, or she gets called back to, to her room and by the doctor and we're just sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, you know, but when she got up, she said, she's going to be praying for me and my family. And little did I know. So we go back to the ultrasound and the, the nurse, you know, can't, there's just a weird look on her face. And so I immediately, I'm like, something's not right. The doctor comes in, which typically doesn't happen and they tell us that there's low amniotic fluid and they're not sure what's going on, but they want to, you know, send us to a specialist to get some better technology. And so in my mind at this moment, my heart has already sank. I'm like, something's not right. So let me back up. So, so basically we had an experience with whom you call the crazy lady, but but in hindsight, looking back, do you feel like this was a divine intervention? I absolutely do, and I've I've held on to what that woman said about God's faithfulness uh, since that day. Like this this woman, you know, I believe that God sent her at that exact moment. Like I didn't know what was about to happen at that ultrasound. And 
it was no accident that she was telling me all of this stuff that had happened hard in her life and then still telling me how faithful God was. I needed that. And I needed that leading up to what we were going to go through. And you know, those testimonies that we have, that stuff that we carry is so powerful. And it's so needed for people that that may be struggling at this particular time or maybe having a situation where they don't know whether to go left or or whether to go right. And in that moment, she was exactly who you needed to come in contact with and you didn't even know it Absolutely. yet. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, that's a testament to us needing people to share their stories. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing is to say, hey, you know, we don't know who needs to hear this stuff. But we've been through this and we've seen God's faithfulness and, and her obedience in sharing that because she may have felt awkward um, approaching me and saying everything that she was, but she did it and I needed it. So before Joshua got ready to take the Israelites into the promised land, he, he, he goes through a phase that I call the preparation phase. This is the first key battle principle of the story of Joshua. I truly believe that you were in your preparation phase at this moment. This is when you entered preparation phase and we go in and you get hit, wham, bam, something's not right. Baby's diagnosed with Potter syndrome, which means that she will not um, develop kidneys and a bladder. Right. So she would not survive outside of the womb. Right. And so we had to go, you know, to a specialist, uh, and that was in Pensacola. And I just remember, you know, this was to confirm uh, if, if in fact, she did not have kidneys or a bladder. And um, just hearing that news took the breath out of me. I mean, I literally crumbled in that moment when the doctor, you know, said, your baby is not going to make it outside of the womb. And they took us to another room and start telling us, you know, about uh, termination and what what the best thing is, you know, to, to not go through all of this. You know, just giving me choices, but really telling me, like, your baby's not going to make it, so termination is the best thing. Even if the baby did survive outside of the womb, uh, and there's other things, uh, you know, because I had questions. I'm like, okay, well, what about like, <clears throat> could we do a kidney transplant and all of this? And, you, you know, uh, but the doctor basically was, didn't really give me a whole lot of hope there. So the doctor was basically trying to prepare you to go ahead and abort and go ahead and ease the burden of all of this. But on the backside, we also wanted to trust God. We, we, we sought advice. We sought our pastor. We sought help. We sought out what we should do in this case. And we came to the conclusion, we're going to let God sustain Callie Grace for as long as she will. Right. He and, will. and that's what, you know, our plan was that, you know, God is the giver and the taker of life. And whatever this doctor is saying, I'm not saying he's not highly educated, but he's not God. Take me through the months from that ultrasound till the faithful day in the hospital. Okay, so when we initially got the news, uh, I was in shock. And I couldn't do really anything. I mean, uh, it even took Dustin saying, you know, like, you need to eat. You need to do this. You need to, you know, just basic necessities that I needed to do. But uh, it... 
I was very in a dark spot then. And it took a lot of um a lot of time for me to get out of that. I mean, I was I was in shock, I was confused, I was I was mad at God, you know, I felt like I felt abandoned by God in that moment, those those first few weeks. There's one other factor that we're leaving out here. Um, and if we listen to episode one, you get that full story. I had just lost my job as well. So we are we are dealing with multiple uh, punches in the gut right here. We are dealing with multiple serious problems. You are pregnant with a baby that they're saying is not going to make it. I lost my job, my 10 year, my 10 and a half years of my livelihood that I thought in that moment, there's got to be some fear. There's got to be some pain and uncertainty here. Oh yeah. I felt completely unstable. You know, everything that I knew to be good and right and true had just been ripped out from underneath of me. So all of this, in this preparation phase, we began to study God's word. We began to pray. I remember one night putting my hand on your belly, and I remember praying for a miracle, and I remember this this, this elusive, this just out of nowhere, Holy Spirit-guided prayer that, that I just truly felt in my heart God was going to move. And although he did, it wasn't in the way that we planned or we had visioned. Right. And, you know, ultimately, speaking of leading up, you know, to those months that we went through, it was it was a preparation phase. I feel like God was putting people in our path. He was laying out this plan that we couldn't see in that moment. But looking back, I can see his hand in mm. every part of it, putting people in our path. Um, and, you know, we were... You know, the doctors were telling us, your baby's not going to make it. And every appointment that we went to, it seemed like there was another problem. I remember going one time and they're like, you know, she's in congestive heart failure. And I'm like, what? Like, this is not what we were praying for. Where are you, God? And, you know, just still in that anger and confusion and hurt. And, you know, so we slowly... While we were still holding on to, I was holding on to, hey, God can change this at any moment if he wants to. And so I was holding on to hope. At the same time, we we were listening to what the doctors were saying and, and, and preparing ourselves for, you know, we may not be bringing a baby home with us. Mm, and mm. so we were slowly grieving in these months. And that's a really conflicting place to be, to have a baby in your belly and want to be happy, but at the same time, preparing for a death. It's very conflicting. So so in those moments, I need you to know it's okay to not be okay. When you're in the fire, when you're in the thick, when you're in the trenches, and you don't know which way is, is left or right, all you need to know is that God should be our eternal compass that we need to focus our direction, our trajectory towards God, that he will lay and make our path straight. Even though we don't know what to do, we don't know where this is going, we don't know where my job loss is going to turn out, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I trust you, God. I trust you, even though I'm angry, even though I'm mad. And that's where, you know, that faithfulness, that that, that lady in that hospital saying, God is faithful, and that's exactly what faith is, is, you know, I can't see what is about to happen. I don't know what how God is going to 
change this, how he's going to take my broken heart and turn it into something else. Because right now, I just see shattered glass and everything is bad. That's mm. that's kind of how I was feeling. That's good. That's good. And, and, but I knew, you know, there's, I, I've got to have, and all of our friends and family just lifting us up. And, and one of the turning points for me was uh, going through, my doctor had referred me to Wiregrass Hope, which is a pregnancy center that we have. And being able to have somebody walk through uh, this with me. She had actually, a girl had lost her baby a year prior. So she was standing there and had already walked in my shoes and she was on the other side and she was saying, I, there's hope. You're going to be okay. If I can make it and he can do it in my life, he can do it in yours. And it gave me a hope that I'm going to be okay. This takes me into the second key battle principle from the story of Joshua is you need spies. Joshua sent two spies into the promised land that came back with a with a message of hope and and one of victory and one of of we can do this. Uh, for us, I'm not talking about 007 kind of spies. I'm talking about the kind of spies we need people. We need life givers, truth holders, people to speak into our lives, people that will pick us up out of the pit and put us on stable ground, people that will move us from A to B when we don't even know how to stand up. We need those people in our lives. Right, and that's exactly what happened when I went to Wiregrass Hope was I knew God, I knew uh, his truths, but I couldn't feel that. I couldn't I couldn't read my Bible. At one point, I couldn't even hardly pray. The only thing that I could pray was, help me, Jesus, I need mm, you. Mm. And uh, being able to read stuff in the Bible, you know, consider it joy and, and things like that. It's like, no, I don't feel this. I'm not feeling this. And I needed those people that were going to, like he said, put me on solid ground and say, look, even though you don't feel this, even though you don't believe it right now, God's word is true. And I'm going to speak this over you. Right. And I'm going to love you in this. And I'm going to hold you up because you can't hold yourself up right now. Wow. You know, I want you to take me to that night. Take me to the night of the hospital when we when we knew something was wrong. Take take me there. So basically, I knew that something wasn't right, and I I wanted to put it off. I'm like, I'm gonna be okay because ultimately, I knew that walking in that hospital, I didn't know what was about to happen. I knew that. Uh, you know, I had Callie Grace. She was in my stomach. Everything was good. But when I went to that hospital, I didn't know what was about to happen. And, and I didn't want to go. And so eventually, you know, I started having contractions, couldn't put it off anymore. So we go to the hospital. It was about midnight on a Tuesday. Um, and, you know, the, the, the nurse starts doing the ultrasound and we're, you know, we're in a place right there where we're really unsure about what's going to happen and we're scared. And, you know, the nurse has this look of fear and panic on her face. Uh, she doesn't want to tell us, but, but the baby didn't have a heartbeat. And so she finally tells us and she just looked like, you know, her, her world was crushed as well, having to tell us that. And in that moment, you know, of course, I was devastated and I was hurt and I was, I was very, very not in a good place at that moment. Um, at the same time, 
you know, we we had been in preparation for this and and I think that God gave us a a special peace in that moment mm. that that surpasses all understanding. Mm. That's so huge and that right there. I want to give you a verse and I want you to tell me how this verse makes you feel. And the verse we're looking at is James 2. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. How does that make you feel when you hear that and you look back and try to relate that to that moment? So in that moment, I I could not just look at that. And I still struggle with that verse, you know, consider it joy uh, when you go through trials. But being able to look at what God has done through Mm. Callie Grace and, and just different trials in my life, I can see that he has shaped me and molded me and just done things in my heart that that I would have never imagined possible. I never imagined when I heard the news about Callie Grace that one day he would make that into something where I'm able to help other people, where I'm able to take my grief and my hurt and 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 hold somebody else up. And that right there, being able to say, you know what, God is a good God and share that with somebody is that's the joy part right there. And being able to see how God can work through that in somebody else's life. And it's just a life-giving thing. That is so true. That's the point of this podcast is allowing people to see how God moves, how God has moved in and through your life, through the struggles, through the hardships, guys. I need you, I need you to understand that she didn't do this alone, that we didn't do this alone. We had, not only did we have Christ-like people surrounding us, we had godly people around us that had their best, our best interest in mind, but also we had the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, looking out and laying and making our path. And I just want to say that one of the the verses that as I went through the program at Wiregrass Hope and us being able to mentor other women, uh, one of the verses that is really big for me and that sums up this this podcast and us reaching out to others is 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. And that right there, that's what it's about. That's about, you know, us taking our hurts and our our struggles and our pains and saying, you know what? God helped me. He can help you too. And here's how. Wow. So that takes me into the third key battle principle that I have learned from the story of Joshua's crossing the Jordan. Eventually, you have to move past that. Now, this is different for different, uh, obviously, for different people facing different circumstances. It's harder for some. It's easier for some. I think I was ready to move forward a little bit before right. you were. Yeah. And so, and so it's kind of, it's one of those where eventually, though, you have to move. We owe it to Cali Grace. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to people to share this and to take this and cross the Jordan, that place that's holding us back from the promised land, which is our purpose. 
and you know ultimately like you said we've we've got to um be able to uh, we owe it to Callie Grace and we owe it to other people. I remember in January, okay, we lost her in September. Uh, January, I was just not, you know, I, I kind of was in a little bit of a depression there. And I remember heading to church and I honestly didn't even want to go to church. But um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go through the motions, go anyways. And I remember um, in the car, I had this moment where it was like, Callie Grace wouldn't want this of her mama. She would want her mama to be happy, and, and she would want her mama to live a full life. And, and that just really um, hit me that, you know, hey, I have a family. I have people who need me. You know, we have a, a daughter, Brianna, and she needs me. And, and so that's, that's huge that you would say that. Yeah, and, and we have responsibilities. We have things we have to carry on. And just like I mentioned in episode two, uh, we learned from that book that I was reading, Grit. We learned we are only half awake. And I want us to, I want this to be an awakening. I want this to be an awakening. Look around you. How is God moving in your life? How is he shaping things in your life? Are you in the preparation phase? Do you need spies? Do you need people around you to pick you up? Are you involved in a, in a small group? Are you involved in a good church? That will speak volumes and that will take you forward uh, through trials, through hardships, and all of those things that, that are hard in this life. Are you, are you crossing the Jordan? Are you taking that step to move out of fear, rejoicing in our sufferings? Again, this can be relatable to athletes uh, who, who suddenly get sick or athletes that, that lose a limb of some sort. They had this vision. We had this vision for Callie Grace. We had this idea that she was going to grow up and be a princess and we were, gonna, and we were just going to give her all of these things, right? And, and she was going to live this sort of life. And it didn't work out that way. And when life gets in the thick of things, when we get caught in those moments where life is not going and working out the way that we think it should, we can get stuck. We can get stuck and we can live there and stay there the same as if a promotion was not given to you. Maybe, maybe you knew you were next in line and you did not get it. It can break you. It can hurt you. A layoff. Uh, a son or a daughter drug addiction. You had a goal. You had a desire. You had a burning fire inside you for that child and a vision of where that child was going to go in life. But a drug addiction seems to have now taken that out from under you. And how do we get past it? How do we move forward? How do we, how do we bring it all back? And, and, and how do we allow God to take us from here? and move us to there? That's the big question. So as, I, as I'm wrapping up here, I want, you, I want you to first, I want to say thank you to Amy. You are the strongest woman that I know. And watching you over the past few years, the way that God has, has grown you, the way that God has helped mold you and shape you and push me has just been amazing to watch. Well, thank you for saying that. And sometimes I don't feel like the strongest, um, but I do know that that God has given me a strength that I didn't know was was possible um, through all of this. 
And, you know, I'm just so glad to be able to be here and be able to share what God is doing uh, in my life. And one thing I want to say to uh, lastly is, is just to be aware of God. And in those moments, you know, where, where you are healing and where you're trying to, to cross the Jordan, um, just be aware of God. And, and there were moments for me that, that I was in a depression or I just felt awful and, and God used things, ordinary things. I, I remember walking outside one time and there were butterflies just doing what butterflies do. And, and, uh, you know, I was just laughing because it was just this joyous feeling and, and Dustin walked out thinking I was crazy, but, but God will use ordinary things. You just have to be aware of God. Wow. You know, I remember the heart shaped things that plagued us for, or, or that were a beautiful deliverance to right. us in those moments and all of that stuff. Just so many different things that God was using to communicate uh, on top of his word and, and his people. And I want to encourage you to get into a small group, to get joined in with a local church. I want you guys to move. I want you guys to finally cross that Jordan and live out all that God has for you. Again, I'm closing it out. I want you to please subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so, because there's going to be more interviews. There's going to be uh, uh, more principles uncovered. There's going to be more grit that we're going to learn together. We're going to mature together. We're going to grow together. I look forward to the journey. Again, I thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we will see you guys in the next couple of days.